Hello and welcome to the Green Leads Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. Today we are talking all about marathoning. I have an awesome guest. Ali Nolan is the author of Master the Marathon, the ultimate training guide for women. She writes for Runner's World, Women's Running, Live Strong and Self, and works as an audience producer for This Is Alabama. She's run three marathons and countless other races. And she is really an expert because she did so much research for her book. So I'm really excited to welcome Allie. Hi, Allie. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk about all things marathoning. And I want to talk just about like, what made you write this book about marathoning? Yeah, because marathoning is crazy. Like, (laughs) you know, only less than 1% of us do it, um, of the human population. Um, so yeah, um, I really got into marathoning when I was working at runner's world magazine and I got really sucked into it actually. Um, I thought that I had to run a marathon because I worked there and I thought like that it wasn't going to be a good enough runner if I didn't, but then I, I did it. I ended up loving it. I wanted to run more. Um, so that kind of started a nice marathon journey, but when I was training for, I guess it was my third marathon, um, I kind of wanted like a, just like a a guide that was like totally all inclusive, had everything I needed all in one place. And I couldn't find that at all. Um, I was just like, bookmarking things on the internet and like, you know, going and looking at other people's books and and stuff like that. And I really couldn't find a lot of information that was specific to women. And this was actually like, I'd say like maybe even before the days or like just when women's running was the magazine was really like getting going. And so um, I do think like we've seen like more attention paid to women recently, but when I proposed writing this book, um, it, there wasn't a lot of stuff like that was just for women and women running a marathon. And, you know, this has historically been a male dominated sport. Like the 1970s running boom was all dudes and we couldn't even run a marathon until 1972. So like legally, so, you know, it's just, um, it, it was something that was dear to my heart. And so I decided like, okay, well, if the information that I want isn't out there, that's probably a problem for other people too. So I wanted to write a huge marathon Bible for women. Yeah. That was a crazy stat that I saw, I think in the introduction of your book, that it was 0.5% of people run a marathon, which is crazy because I feel like when you're in the runner community, you know, so many runners and you just feel like everyone is running and everyone's run a marathon. And if you ever run a marathon, then you're missing out, which is kind of like what you said happened to you at runner's world. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. And then like, there's like a lot more people that just want to run a 5k, but you know, marathon is a beautiful distance, but yeah, it is a crazy thing to think about. (laughs) It is. I've done two of them and I'm just like it's it's a whole different beast because I feel like you can keep a certain fitness level to run like a 10k or a half marathon but the marathon is just so much more intense in my mind I know some people can do it some people do you know one two or two a weekend some some people but I'm not one of those people (laughs) no same I totally agree (laughs) so obviously you're a woman and that's why you part of why you wanted to write for women but how do you think female runner is different from male runners? Yeah, that's such a great question. And um, I actually, you know, just like a little bit of a sidetrack, I read this article yesterday that was like, finally, 
um, shoe companies are making um, running shoes, especially for women. And I was like, oh, this is like groundbreaking. And they, in the article, and this isn't in my book actually, but I just think like it illustrates the point um, that we're just different. Um, it says that women's feet, typically we have like a narrow, narrower heel and a wider foot. And that for years, all of these running shoes have just been made a little bit smaller, you know, for, and, and shaped like for men. And I was just like, it is 2022 and we're just now getting our own kind of running shoe. And that was in women's running. And they were saying like, Lulu has put out a women's running shoe in Puma and like, that's awesome. I think, I think another one of the major brands that has, but it just, it's like amazing to me that we're now only now just saying like, Oh yeah, like our body parts are different and not just in size, right? Like our hips are shaped differently. Um, and this is what my book talks about. And, um, our, our calves are different. Um, obviously our hearts are smaller. So our VO2 max is not, um, outputting as much. Um, and, you know, we can, we can train that we're never going to be having as great of a VO2 max as men, but like, we can still work on improving that. Um, and yeah. And then like, also just like mentally, we, I think we think differently about the marathon. Um, I think we think differently about training in general and pacing and all that good stuff too. So I wanted to incorporate that in there. Plus like our energy needs are different. Um, some of us have children. Some of us, you know, have, um, pelvic floor issues without children. Like there's just so many differences between us, um, that aren't really addressed. And so a lot of what the book goes into is like strength work that like, um, helps women's bodies specifically. So for like our hips and, you know, it's strengthening our hips and our hip flexors and our glutes. And, um, a lot of us are really quad dominant. A lot of us like kind of lean to the side, especially if we're like carrying children. So like strengthening, um, your, what, what is it called? Oh my gosh. Now I'm drawing a blank. You know, that whole thing up your back, your posterior chain, <laughs> um, making sure that's like in a really good, um, position. Um, so it really is, you know, just tailored more towards our bodies and then also to our brains. Um, I was trying to like speak to, and it's really difficult because I don't want to be like all women think like this because I know that they don't. Um, but a lot of women have, you know, the stresses and pressures, um, that feed into like a marathon training cycle that are different than men's, you know? And so I wanted to make sure that was talked about too. It's crazy. I've never even thought about the running shoe thing. I, I'm scared I to change running shoes. It's like, it's like, I'm scared to change someone. The same person cut has been cutting my hair for like 10 years because <laughs> I'm like, I'm scared to change. To, I mean, I love her, but if, if she ever stopped doing it, I'd be scared to let someone else do it. I'm scared to change running shoes because I'm like, I found one that works and like something else could really mess me up and could cause injuries. And I never even thought about the fact that they're kind of the same men and women's running shoes, but they probably shouldn't be. Yeah, I know. And I'm the same. I'm the same way with running shoes. Like I was, I was running in Brooks ghosts for like forever. And I kept being like, Oh, my foot hurts. My foot hurts, but never like changing it. And, um, and I love Brooks. Like I still run in Brooks sometimes, but you just need to switch on and off. Right. Um, so yeah, anyway, 
I know I'm kind of excited to change to try and see if it really makes a difference for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. I actually had someone reach out to me recently and they were asking me about metabolism and how this it was a woman and she was saying, I argue with my husband all the time that our metabolism is different. Can you please clear this up for me? And I was just like, I, I actually have to do some research on this because I can't give you a straight answer, but I ended up doing some research and what people who have more muscle have a faster metabolism and men have more muscle and women right. have more body fat, which is just a genetic thing. And right. so men do have a different metabolism, which means that they have different nutrient needs and different nutrition. And that's just like a whole another aspect of marathon training. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like men and women are different in this field. Right. And it just is like, it's like not anything we can really do about it. Like, yeah, we are carrying more fat. Like that's just, in, in a really super duper long race that actually works in our favor kind of, but, um, and so for marathoning, yeah, it might, but that, yeah, I'm like, oh, I could, I definitely think metabolisms are different, like just based on no research. <laughs> I just yeah. like, I, you win life. Yeah. <laughs> and I could confirm it's true. What this woman was asking is true. So yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that you're, ta you're talking to women here and I, if for, I guess women and men, what is like the first thing someone should do if they're considering running their first marathon? Is there something that they should focus in on? That's a really, that's such a good question. And there's like a million things you could focus in on. And, um, but I think the, the very first thing I would do is ask yourself, why, like, what is your why? Like that has to be kind of like spelled out at the very beginning. So, um, and I know, um, so like I go into like your intrinsic versus your extrinsic goals, which is something that just kind of like blew my mind when I was researching it and talking to sports psychologists about it. So if you go into a marathon training cycle and your why is you want to run a PR or you want to prove how cool you are to your coworkers or like you want a race medal, like these are all external goals um, and they're fine. And we're all going to have external goals, like in addition to our intrinsic goals, but we have to define that internal goal because the external goal will not get you to where you want to be on those really hard days. Like it is so easy on a long run to be like, oh yeah, th th this isn't doing it for me. Like I could just stop right now. Like who cares about that race medal or who cares about that PR or whatever, um, and you could just stop, right? But if you're in a 20 miler and you defined the internal goal that you want, which might be like, I want to be a healthier version of myself. Why do I want to be healthier? Because I have so much, um, I want to live longer. Why do I want to live longer? Because I love my life, you know? And like, just that kind of like positive reinforcement to yourself really can get you through like a 20 miler. And, you know, I, so I do think like, drilling down, doing the exercise to find out like your absolute core why is like number one, because that's just going to like fuel the rest of your training. And like some people might like roll their eyes and be like, whatever, I just like to run. And I'm like, yeah, but really ask yourself, like, why do you like to run? Like, what does it do for you? Because like it really finding like that deeper why will really motivate you to get through like your whole training cycle. Yeah, I, I read that in your book and I was going to ask you about those that goal setting. And when I was reading this, a light bulb went off in my head because I do the same thing with nutrition, right? With people you say you should have um, an intrinsic goal, like for instance, you should not have 
your number that's on the scale as a goal for you, because it's not going to push you, but maybe something is like, you want to feel healthier so that you can spend more time with your children, whatever. So I, we, we talk about the nutrition, but for whatever reason that never crossed my mind in the running field. And I've definitely set goals that are extrinsic and still been okay to accomplish those goals. But I literally did it this week because I signed up for a half marathon in the fall. I'm, I'm six months postpartum right now. And I had run one half marathon about two, a month ago. And my goal for that was just like, I want to prove to myself that I can do this after my crazy bodily change. But the next goal was I want to run a sub two half marathon. And obviously that's an extrinsic goal, right? So then I started thinking, why do I want to do this? And I, I was just like, why did I never think about this before? And really, I guess the reason is because I just want to prove to myself that I'm strong or I want to be strong. And I, you know, just, I guess that's how you can reframe that, right? Exactly. Yeah. 100%. And I think that that is like, it's just really good to recognize it and then be like, yeah, like that. I mean, your, your intrinsic goal can totally stem from your extrinsic goal. Like, I think that I am doing the same thing where I'm like training for a half marathon and I'm, and like my husband was even just like, well, why, like, why? Cause I play tennis like seven days a week. And he was like, you're adding this extra stressor on to your life. Why? And it, it was, it was like, I want, I want to like feel as strong as I can in like aerobically. And it's like, well, why is that? Because I feel great when I, when I'm trained in that way, like my body like appreciates it. So he was like, okay, like <laughs> we drilled down. Yeah. So I totally, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, that's like check mark. You're allowed to do it now. <laughs> yeah. But that's how I feel. <laughs> so say someone decides they're going to run a marathon mm-hmm. and I, I mean, there's so many training plans on the internet and obviously your book goes into different types of training plans for different types of runners. How does someone even know what type of runner they are? Are they beginner and intermediate advanced? And I recently saw something where uh, it was talking about how much mileage you run before you even start up for training. And it seemed like more than I've ever run sometimes. And I, so it's just kind of like, how do you even know where to begin and pick out a training plan? Oh, that is okay. So I'm going to first say that, and this is not for everybody talking to a running coach is really beneficial. And I'm like underselling my book right now, but like I work with a coach, like, and if you're going to invest like four to six months of your life and you really, really want to perform, like I highly recommend one-on-one training. I just do. It's just great. But that being said, not everybody wants to do that because running is a solo and cheap sport. And that's cool. I think like beginner can be defined as um, somebody who's running like less than 10 miles per week. Um, And so that's like zero to 10 miles per week. Or it's somebody who um, is coming back from like injury or something like that, that or illness. You know, a lot of us are coming back from COVID and we haven't run in three months or whatever. Um, So that's what I would define as like a a beginner type of runner. Um, And so to that person, I would look at a base training plan first, right? So um, if you are kind of just like starting out, you need probably about three months of prep and that's like cutting it short before your three month training plan. Um, So 
that sounds like so crazy that like, oh, you need six months. In my book, I'm super conservative. And I say like, I think you need 12 months before an actual <laughs> marathon. Um, but that's really because I went through a lot of injuries. And I know a lot of people who also have gone through a lot of injuries. And if you're smart about it, six months is probably just fine. But yeah, like that three month base training cycle is like time on your feet. And it's like, you know, run walking for a little bit. And it's like getting you up to you know, a, t a double digit long run, and then you go into the marathon training portion. So an intermediate runner is probably like, you know, 10 or above miles per week, probably like more like 15, to be honest, to be an intermediate. Um, so you're starting out in a great place, you got, you know, a pretty good solid foundation. Base training would be great for you if you haven't been running like consistently. But if you want to jump into a marathon training plan, cool. Like, that's great. Like, I feel like you can definitely do that and get away with maybe like a 16 week training plan. Um, and in an intermediate training cycle, you might be able to also incorporate speed work. Um, so you'll see like on midway through the week, you're going to do like about um, intermediate runners can do like up to three miles of speed work. Um, so that's just like quicker paces or whatever. And with, and I think that that is, kind of the rule of thumb that most coaches follow. And then, you know, you don't get injured, which is just lovely. Um, and then if you're an advanced runner, you probably like, don't need my book. Don't need a coach. Like, you're, you're good. You're running probably more than most people. So you're, um, that's somebody that's like really running like 20 miles per week, pretty consistently knows their in season, off season, um, does strength training already is running like a day of speed work where they're doing like four to seven miles of speed work. Um, and you know, has like, has a really solid, um, extrinsic goal, right. That they really want to be Q or something like that, or they, um, really just want to run like a, a really solid PR and, um, they love running and, you know, th their body can handle it. So yeah, so those people, there is a training plan in my book for you. And a coach is probably really super beneficial also. But, um, you know, they, I think like those people probably really know what they need at that point. I think it's like intermediate and be beginner runners and people coming back who are like, kind of like, there's an information overload out there. So hopefully like those definitions can help them a little bit find a training plan. Yeah, I was going to ask about the different types of workouts because I remember the first time I ran a marathon and I was just looking for, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I was just looking for a free training plan online and some of them had speed work and hill work and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, yeah. I, am trying, <laughs> I am trying to just get above 13 miles because that's all I had ever done. Right. And I just, all I wanted was miles. Like, I don't need extra work in there. Now I'm doing speed work because I'm trying to, you know, have a PR in a half marathon, not a full. But so that's really interesting to know when you should start looking at those different types of workouts. Yeah, definitely. I did the same thing. And I was doing one with speed work and I was like, oh no, and no wonder I was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think that people tend to run, they think when they're training for a marathon, they should just run a ton of miles and really right. focus on running. Do you think that strength training and other types of workouts are important too? 100%. Like strength is so, so, so important. And um, yeah, I think that for 
people who are just going to put in mileage, like you have to know, like that breaks your body down. Um, and I even had a coach once say like, Oh, well, if you're running Hills, it's the same thing as doing squats, but it's not necessarily like it, it still is putting like a lot of impact on your, um, joints and ligaments and stuff. So, um, it's really important to make sure your muscles are like supporting those things. And, um, yeah, like you just, I think, doing like a really, really basic stretching and strength routine that takes you no more than 20 minutes, like twice a week, will probably get you through when you're in the like in season. And then if you are somebody that wants to like PR or wants to like, you know, just run, you know, and feel like really strong in that base training phase, you can incorporate like heavier lifts, like a bigger load, uh, three days of strength training um, and plyometric movements. And that all like kind of will work your like fast twitch muscles or like build muscles that like are necessary for speed. And that really does go a long way. Like that was when I trained for um, like a PR half marathon, that's what I did as I like, I did like a whole like preseason training program where it was just like strength based and like, mm, I think like 15 miles per week or so. And I like felt super good going into the training cycle, then decreased the load. And I did, I ran stronger than like I ever have in my life. So um, I really think that too many runners skip strength day and I'm like, don't just don't do it. Like it's, it's going to benefit you so much in the long run. And it is a nice break. I think anyone who has gone through an injury knows the importance of strength because I sprained my ankle. I think it was two years ago now, which was just a stupid tripping type of accident. It wasn't even like an overuse type of thing, but you have to go to PT and learn all these strength exercises and starting to realize that that's actually making you stronger. Because before I think runners just want to run, they hate strength and you realize that this is actually helping you in the end. So right, right. yeah, do it. <laughs> so true. What other things besides physical training are important for marathon training? So nutrition, first of all, as you probably know, yeah. <laughs> check mark, check mark, yeah. Yeah, which is like definitely not my area of expertise or strength, by the way, but like I know it's important. Um, so that I think is number one, right? Like I just, I honestly think that sometimes your nutrition it has to come even before your strength training, if you're training for a marathon. So, um, get that dialed in for sure. Um, and then my favorite thing to talk about is mental training, which is like something also neglected by athletes of in all different sports. But, um, I have done like a lot of research on focus and also like, um, reframing. So I think that, in the running community, there's a lot of focus on like perfection and like making sure every checkbox on your training calendar is like marked off and all this stuff. And also like judging yourself, like, am I fast enough? Am I thin enough? Am I, you know, whatever you want to say. And like, so the reframing thing, I'll just like do a quick example. Cause I think it's like really fascinating. I would always used to say to myself, during like basically any run, like, oh my goodness, I'm going, I'm so slow. Am I ever going to get faster? And like, that was, that's like really defeating to say to yourself, like during a run or during a training cycle. And so I had to like turn that on its head. Um, and what you have to do is replace it with something that you believe to be true. So like, 
I can't say to myself like, no, I'm the fastest and I'm only going to get faster because I know that that's just not true. Um, but I can say to myself like, I'm running well today. Like I'm running strong today. Like my, my legs feel strong today. And so like kind of swapping something out for a positive and, and stopping like any sort of negative or what if thought um, decreases a lot of anxiety and you might think it's like really small, but doing it repeatedly, it really, it like almost makes you feel like a, a lighter load. Like you feel like a lighter version of yourself in your headspace. So that was like, to me, like game changing. Um, and there's just so many tricks that you can do for your mind to make it like healthier, not only in running, but in life that it, if you do it like throughout the marathon training process, it's almost like you're secretly doing it for the rest of yourself too. So it's, it's pretty cool. And I really think that runners can like benefit a lot from just like the stuff that like elites do, you know, like if you're running the same distance as an elite runner, like they're definitely doing this mental imagery stuff. Like, so highly recommend, you know, checking that kind of stuff out. What are some of the few little tricks that people can do to yeah. build up that mental strength? Yeah. Okay. So one really simple one um, is to just like have a mantra. And that is, um, I used to scoff at that. So I'm like, that's ridiculous. Right. But um, studies have shown like the effectiveness of mantra in especially long distance. So it doesn't have to be like anything crazy. It just can be like, you got this. Or my favorite recently has been forward as a pace. And that was told to me by like an amazing psychotherapist. And like, she, um, she's just awesome and about like intuitive exercise and stuff. So instead of like saying to yourself, like go faster, which is not a mantra, that's a command, <laughs> you know, saying forward is a pace. And like, it really does make you kind of just like, reminds you to get into the zone. Um, but the, I think like the best thing to do is imagery work, which is like starting at three minutes per day, taking time. It's basically the same as meditation. So you kind of just like find a comfortable seated position. You close your eyes. You like, um, imagine yourself on a run. Right. And so what I like to do is I like to like pick something that I want to work on. So let's say that I need to work on my like leg turnover speed or something like really dorky like that. Um, so I will like imagine myself on a training run and I will just like feel the road under my feet. Like you have to like kind of incorporate all of the different sensations. So I'm seeing myself, um, probably through the first person with this one. And then I will smell the air outside. I will listen for birds or whatever you hear on your run. Um, and then like taste the air. And then the, I think with something like cadence, like the most important thing is like, what do I feel under my feet? And like, I, you visualize yourself like quickening that cadence. And so then you'll feel like your heart go a little faster or whatever. And so doing that, it does this weird thing to your body where like, recalling those sensations is actually like strengthening the the memory to it and so then when you go out on the road and I'm totally getting this wrong I'll have to like reference a study but like when you go out on the road then it makes it easier to do the thing that you've imagined doing um and I I like really am like oh I want to like cite a billion things 
from this study, but I'm going to get them wrong. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but like, it's the basic thing is like the more you practice imagery and like a lot of people can work up to like eight minutes a day and it just like makes your performance. It's like easier to get into the zone. It's like, makes you more comfortable with doing things that you might not necessarily be comfortable with like hills and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just like a little meditation that will strengthen that mind muscle. That's really interesting. I've never actually tried that before. I have tried the mantra thing. I, the half marathon that I ran in May was like a incredibly hot day. <laughs> it was, it was like 90 degrees. You're from Jersey. So, you know, it's not supposed to be 90 degrees in May in New York. No. Uh, yeah. Yes. And of course, like all the days before it, it was like 60, 75. So, and I just wanted to do this because like I said, I wanted to prove it to myself. I can still do this after having a baby. Yeah. And so you had to keep this positive mindset the whole time rather than in the past. I think I would have been like, I am so hot. I can't <laughs> do this, but I just, and the last mile or two of the race, I was talking out loud to myself because that's what I needed at that point. Just saying, you can do this. You're strong. You could do this because it does help. It really yeah. does help. And 100%. So, oh, that's so, I can't believe you had a 90 degree May race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I think it was probably 80 by the time I finished, but it was one of those like 90% humidity days that yep. when you started, yep. even though it was only, uh, maybe it was 70 at whatever time in the morning, it was just so hot. The air was thick. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Last question for you. What is the biggest mistake you see among people who are training for a marathon? Okay. So I think that most people are running their easy runs too fast. And also I'm guilty of this, like 1000%. Um, and it's just like so easy to be like, oh yeah, I go out and run my easy run and I run conversation pace and that pace is 10 minutes, right? But like the factors in that, like um, heat, right? Obviously is one, or you slept terribly the night before, or you are under fueled. Um, you, you could like have to adjust that based on the day, right? And you also have to adjust it based on like, your fitness level at that time. So your easy pace might adjust. Like I went from being like, okay, my easy pace is like nine 30. Then I got COVID. I stopped running, you know, like I, everything basically now I'm like, okay, my easy pace is like 10, 14 to 10 45. Right. And that's just where I'm at right now. And that's totally fine. But I just see so many people <laughs> and it makes me so angry going out, doing their three mile easy pace, like huffing and puffing. And you're just like, you're getting no benefit actually. Like it, you're, those are actually like, I hate to say junk miles because no miles are junk miles, but like old, old school coaches would be like, that's junk miles, you know, because you're just not really doing anything aerobically. And you're also not really doing anything anaerobically either. You're just kind of like taxing your body and then they're not going, you're not going to like recover. Um, so yeah, that was like a big rant because I just like yelled at my husband for doing this yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, dude, why he's taken like a month off of running. Um, and he's a great runner and wonderful, but he's been so stressed out because of work and whatever. And he goes out and he's I'm like, Oh, what did you run? He's like, well, I, I really, I got to two miles and I was like, well, what pace are you running? And he was like, Oh, you know, like an 840. I'm like, well, why? Like, that's so stupid. That's your tempo pace. Like, so. my, husband anyway. does that. my husband yeah. does that too. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
because they want to be fast. Exactly. <laughs> like I know it feels good. Like I get it, but yeah. No, I mean, I do it too. I, I don't do it so much with pace, but I'll do it with mileage. For instance, like I'm at the beginning of a training plan and it'll say easy run two miles. And I'm like, I haven't run two, like two miles. I don't run two miles, you know, like right. I run at least a 5k or four miles or whatever. And two miles seems like, what am I even putting on my clothes for? This 100%. Like I agree with you. I know that. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I totally understand that. And I think a lot of people do that. And if you don't give yourself those easy miles to recover, then yeah, you're not then really. You're, yeah. You're just defeating the purpose of them. Really. It's like almost better to like walk them. Like, even, like not really, but um, that is one tip I have for people though, is like, if you, cause I am, I was chronically doing this, like running too fast. And the coach I work with was like, if you start running too fast, I want you to literally walk and then pick up the pace and go the speed I told you to go. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I had to do to like train my body to like chill. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can combine that with the mindset training of like, just enjoying the fact that you get to run slow and you don't have yeah. to beat yourself up about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Should be enjoyable. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for all of these tips and your book has so much more of them. So where can people find you find your book? Oh yeah. Okay. So definitely follow me on Instagram at Ali Ali Noel, because I just like to chat pe to people there. Um, and then my book is available on Amazon and Barnes Nobles and basically everywhere you can maybe even go to your local bookstore and support them because I would love that. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much. <laughs>